This past week I was at Active Minds National Conference, and if you're not familiar with Active Minds, then it's definitely worth exploring. They are a national nonprofit that raises awareness around mental health in youth, uh, specifically the college age, age range and also high school students. And they have over like 600 chapters all over at different, you know, community colleges, universities around the country where young adults are advocating for mental health, where young adults are bringing people together into community and and talking about what is mental health and, and sharing stories. So it's a very powerful organization. And I was invited to speak there on a panel about kind of being a part of the mental health field and uh, post experiences in, in graduation. But what I'd like to talk with you today a little bit about is the conference and some of my experiences there. So there is a, the, the, the keynote speaker was um, the founder of Post Secret U. And if you're not familiar with Post Secret U, it's also something to explore. And what it is, is that there's this human being that asks people to get secrets sent to them. And this human being has collected hundreds and thousands of secrets. I think even a million, maybe a million secrets that he's got lined up in his house, just like a pyramid of thousands and thousands of secrets that people mail him from all over the world. And I'd just like to share a little of the secrets. I did a quick Google search so that you could understand the power of these secrets. And then I'll share kind of the experiences of the talk that he gave. I've gone to bed hungry so many more times as, a, as an adult than I remember as a child. I try to tell my friends that I'm thinking of ending my life, but they are too busy with their lives to listen. I'm worried I'll have no one to sit with tonight at my high school reunion, just like at lunch more than 20 years ago. We aren't a family. We're four people who live in the same house. I couldn't find love when I was young and attractive because all everyone wanted was sex. I can't find love now that I'm old and fat because all everyone wants is conversation. So imagine an hour-long talk of this human being kind of guiding us through his stories, his mental health experience and journey, and bringing in all of these letters and in a room full of 500 to 600 mental health professionals, young adults. It was really a wide array of human beings. And so there were definitely moments that I was grieving, that the tears were just streaming down my face. And others were also kind of, I think, feeling similar emotions because everyone in this room had had a mental health story. And it was either their story that they had or the story of their friend or the story of the friend that had taken their life. And so there was a deep kind of, not really mentioned too much, but connectivity that we all are here because we have a mental health story that has deeply affected who we are. So during this guided, I'd say meditation, it wasn't a meditation, but it really was because what uh, Kevin Briggs did was he brought us into emotions with some of these more powerful post-secret you letters. People would send him postcards and then he would pull us out of that emotion by bringing in laughter and humor. And it was like a roller coaster because we were kind of going in and out of feelings and, 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 
And also it's like, is it okay to be vulnerable in this space around all these people that I don't know? Because this was the keynote speaker on the first day. So very powerful tone to set. And there was this moment, I'd like to share this story with you where Kevin Briggs shared a picture on the screen. And on that screen were cranes, little origami cranes that someone in the audience had actually made thousands of and had planted them on the in the ground at a university to raise awareness of suicide in college students. And in that moment, I had my own story with cranes and origami and it hit me and I just started, you know, tears, you know, grieving the sadness of people I had known that had been affected, but also people in the room, you could feel it. And at Potomac programs where I was the director of mindfulness teaching, uh, mindfulness-based programs within settings of young adults that were suicidal, self-harming, traumatized. There was one young adult that I had really connected with. And it was a beautiful relationship, I felt like, that had blossomed over time. Now, this young adult had come into our day treatment program and they were in a very rough and dark place. You could see it when you'd walk into the space. They might be curled up in the corner or they might be completely drawn inward, not speaking to anyone else and really reserved, really inward and experiencing some deep emotional destabilizing whatever. You could just tell that they were suffering and it was clear. And this individual had been in our organization for maybe four to five months. And the beautiful thing about this human being is that they would make these small origami cranes. You know, you could barely fit them between your thumb and your and another finger. And there were other sizes as well, kind of a little bigger. And there were all these different sizes. And so when you would walk around the... Uh, the rooms of our organization where we ran our groups, you just find these cranes everywhere, hundreds. You'd be plugging in your laptop and on the outlet, you just see a little crane and they're all different colors, yellow, blue, violet, green. You'd be stapling something and, and a crane would fall off the staple. You'd be just sitting somewhere and, and out of the corner of your eye on a plant, there's a crane, there's a small little crane. Kevin Briggs showed the crane picture. I just would recall these memories and these stories and, and being a part of this human being's transformative journey to see them be compassionate and caring and care about others. You know, those cranes made my day. Whenever I saw them, I still have some to this day. And I, and I cherish them because there's, there's such a light within that darkness there's there is a light that you know and when in their ability to capture and share it with others was profound and so i you know i was just like wow this is what this is what it means to be a human being and you know on the panel i was when i was speaking on the panel i was kind of like doom and gloom around being working in the mental health in, industry because you know 50% of helping professionals are burned out and you know i was let go because of cor you know corporate cuts and Yada, 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 we could keep going on all day. But I was like, this is the reason. I told this story, but this is the reason why. You know, we subject ourselves to trauma, stress, fear, anxiety as a helper, you know, secondary trauma. This is why we get into these spaces and take on other people's stories because they're beautiful in so many ways. And when we can empower them, we get to see them graduate 
and 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 move on and be compassionate and, and a leader to others. So it was really, it brought me to tears. And then another part of his presentation that I thought that I'd like to share with you was voicemails. Now, this is not something that I had ever thought that anyone else had as a fear or an anxiety. And maybe you listening, you also have thought of this or, or save voicemails on your phone. And the reason why we do this is because we, we're, we're almost like, I don't want to lose the voice of the person that I love. I want some recollection of, of who they are, what they sound like. And, and I thought I was the only one who kept voicemails of my dad and my mom on my phone. But apparently it was a common human experience and he was able to, you know, people were nodding, oh yeah, I do that too. And then he shared some voicemails of people that had sent him voicemails that they kept on their phone of loved ones that were gone and no longer here. And this was where I just completely lost it. You know, I can even kind of feel wateriness in my eyes right now, but he started playing voicemails and it was all different tones and you could feel the love in their voices or maybe the irritation or maybe the, hey, just checking in, calling or the happy birthdays. Oh, it was, I was bawling and it was really an emotional moment that I had no idea. And I wonder how many other things that I go through the day with and you go through the day with and we go through the day with that we think we're alone in and yet so many of us share that experience. Now fast forward into this week, following the conference, I went to Vigilante Coffee, which I'm quite a snob about espresso drinks, even though I only really frequent a couple places and I really love the bitterness of a cappuccino or a flat white yeah, <laughs> I definitely have some um, challenges with uh, caffeine, and, and I won't say it's an addiction, but I'm definitely attached, and I will sometimes wake up, and that's my first thing to go to, and so I went to Vigilante, and, and I do a lot of work in cafes because I like kind of the social environment, and also I like the ca- the caffeine, so <laughs> let's just be honest, Anthony. And I came in and I looked around and it's crowded. There's no seats and this is a small place. So I was like, oh shit, you know, there's no seats. I need to plug in my laptop, whatever. I'll just, you know, go get a flat white and then I'll, and I'll sit somewhere. There was one seat. I get my flat white. I don't really engage the other person behind the counter because, you know, I'm caught in that automatic autopilot mode of like, hey, can I get a flat white? Okay, thanks. Bye. You know, I'm going to go sit down. And then I sat down and... I engage the person sitting next to me in a, in a superficial way that we often do, right? We ask, you know, is this, you know, is anyone sitting here? And clearly no one's sitting there, right? And, and it's like, oh, no, no, no one's sitting there. Okay, great. I'm going to sit here. And there's, you can almost feel when I was sitting that there was, there was something. And, you know, this individual had said something to me and then, you know, I said something back and then my flat white was delivered. Yes, they deliver flat whites and cappuccinos and things at Vigilante. It's an awesome coffee place that you should explore going to. It's a little pricey. Um, and for someone with no money, I, I, I really don't know why I'm still going there. I really need to set a budget. Anyway, sitting down in that space, this individual engaged, you know, how my flat light w- looked. And I was like, okay, it's clear this person is, is curious about a conversation. And so I was sitting there at my computer and the Wi-Fi wasn't working, which thankfully it wasn't because if it was, I wonder if I would have just got sucked right in right? Sucked right into the Wi-Fi in the emails of the morning. 
There's something incredibly powerful about the practice of mindfulness and awareness and that it really engages you in life. It pushes you to be, to break the normal patterns and to see others as friends, as not strangers in this web that we're connected in. And so in that moment, I wasn't consciously thinking that, right? But there was an urge and a desire to, you know, should I engage this person sitting next to me? And I did. I asked an open-ended question. Hey, do you work at the University of Maryland? And they were like, oh, no, I'm not. You know, I don't. I'm this at the University of Maryland. And yet that created the first initial spark. And then we started talking and and I was opening up a little bit about what I do in the mental health world. And and then this individual shared with me, yeah, I'm, I'm really shocked that I'm about to share this with you. But a few months ago, I attempted on my life. And you can imagine I'm sitting here next to this person following the Active Minds Conference of spreading awareness, breaking the silence around mental health in a coffee shop filled with other human beings. I sat next to a stranger and they shared with me one of their deepest and darkest secrets, maybe, or maybe they had come to a place where they were okay with sharing it. And wow, right? I was immediately like, you know, attuned to the conversation and, and connecting. And, and this person was a, it was a really kind individual because they, at the end they were like, hey, you know, we should be buds. Let's be friends. And that touched my heart. I was like, oh, wow, kindness, caring, connection, compassion, all flowing in this moment and didn't give a F about my emails or the Wi-Fi. And, I, and I'm feeling a little emotion sharing this story with you in the moment because how often do we go into a space with an agenda with an idea or an expectation of what we need to do or get done. And we sit down next to someone and we have no idea what they're going through in life. We have no idea about their stories, their fears, what has happened to them. And maybe this is a rare occurrence, but I feel like when I am in this path of mental health awareness, advocacy, mindfulness, compassion, I don't know if it's almost everyone that I talk to has a story or if people that gravitate towards you when you open to these experiences. It's really profound and I don't have an answer. Um, and in that moment, someone who might be listening might be like, oh, wow, I don't know if I could handle that, right? I don't know if I could handle someone sharing me. You know, what do I say? What do I do? And you don't have to say or do anything. That's the really powerful point. It's just listening, just being a presence. Like, wow, okay, I see you. I hear you. Thank you for still, you know, thank you for being here. Thank you for, you know, being, uh, you know, next to me. I really appreciate you and your presence. And and I don't think I went into detail like that. I think I was mainly in an observer mode and listening and, and just asking questions and connecting. And so know that trusting in those situations, if you feel like, I, I wouldn't know what to say if someone opened up to me about that, know that you, you don't have to say anything. It's okay to just witness and say, okay, I hear you. I see you. You're a human being. And I love you. You don't have to say I love you, but you get it. You, you, you get it. So thank you for allowing me to share some of my experiences and stories from the past two weeks. And I think I'm going to combine the stream of consciousness into one episode. And I really appreciate you as you join us in this journey of evolving minds. And may you find a moment of peace or relaxation or rejuvenation in your day. Take care.
Until next time, stay tuned. Bye-bye.